Hello everyone. So as Johnny and a few others have said, I'm going to be talking today about the importance and the power of the gospel um, in our lives as Christians. Um, and I'm super, super pumped about it. Um, it's such a powerful message and I'm just really excited to talk about it today. Um, so... Um, Going into the, oh yeah, just because, sorry guys, um, just first of all, before I jump in and talk all about the gospel, uh, just going to say, for any of you who don't know what the word gospel means, the gospel means the good news, and when the gospel, when it's referred to as the gospel in the Bible, this is talking about the good news of Jesus coming to the earth to die on the cross for our sins, to take away uh, our sins from the earth, to take the punishment that we deserve, and instead to give us eternal life and eternity in relationship with God. Um, and the gospel is just so, so good. Um, and I'm going to be talking all about how that message isn't just a one-time thing we need to hear, but it's a powerful thing for us to just pursue our whole lives. So, Looking at the passage which Jade uh, read so well, um, so in the very first verse of it, Paul's writing to the Roman church here, and he says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. So in the first sentence, he's already mentioned the gospel, and he's saying, this is my calling, I'm set apart for the gospel, um, and Paul's obviously so excited about preaching the gospel. Um, in the passage we read, the word gospel comes up five times in like ten verses, um, and the, um, the, key, the key verse um, showing about how Paul's passion for the gospel is verse 16. So, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, it's the power of God for salvation. Um, so, Paul, the reason Paul's so excited about it is because he understands the power of it. Um, but if we turn back one verse, um, we see something interesting. So, verse 15 in Romans 1 says... Hence my eagerness to proclaim the gospel to you also here in Rome. Now, he's writing, as I just said, he's writing to the Roman church. Everyone there is already a Christian. They've already been saved. They've already, and that therefore implies they've already heard the gospel before. Um, and so he's not bringing anything new to them and yet he still says oh I really want to come and share the gospel to you like why why does he want to do that why does he want to share the gospel with them when he's already heard it and I think the reason for this is because the gospel is not a one-time thing we need to hear it's not a ticket to heaven that we hear once and then we're saved and then forget about it but instead it is the key to living a faithful life of witness to Jesus and living out the victorious life that Jesus gave his life for for us um, <laughs> the gospel is power um, so the aim of my talk is just to get you all pumped about the gospel. Um, I'm not, I, I, I imagine probably what I'm saying isn't going to be like life-changing new stuff that you've never heard before, but I just want to encourage you all uh, to get on fire for the gospel. Um, and I'm going to be talking about, uh, I could have talked about loads and loads of different things. There's so many layers to the gospel, but I'm just going to talk about three different areas within our lives where Knowing and being in the truth of the gospel changes everything. Um, so the first one I want to talk about is um, 
the gospel and its importance and power for as a weapon against the lies of the enemy and dealing with the battle uh, that goes on in our minds. Now, this is a thing which all of us as Christians face to a varying degree just because the enemy absolutely wants to shake us from our faith. Um, and, but it's a thing we need to, we need to deal with. <laughs> We need, we need to get free from the lies of the enemy if we're able to live um, faithful lives for God. Um, and Paul talks about this in Romans 12, verse 2. Um, he tells us what we need to do. He says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Um, so our minds need to be renewed if we're to do this. But you ask, oh, Paul, what do you mean by that? What does it actually mean to renew our mind? How do we renew our mind and stuff? And I think the explanation for this comes from where the verse is placed. Um, because this is Romans 12, verse 2. Um, Romans 1 to 11 is like a massive, detailed description of this is the gospel and this is what it means. And it's literally, 12, Romans 12, verse 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, is literally the second verse and the second sentence Paul says after preaching the gospel like I think he's obviously not just a completely changing subject but instead Paul's saying uh, Paul's intending it to be read as the gospel therefore be transformed by the renewing of your mind saying that the gospel is how we renew our minds uh, renewing our mind with the truth of what Jesus has done for us so I think we can get into all sorts of dangerous thought patterns and leave ourselves really susceptible to the lies of the enemy when we get away from the truth of the gospel but when we're firm in the truth of it and it's living and active inside of us literally the lies of the enemy cannot stand Uh, so just to give two examples of this um, so the first one is you might hear a lie from the enemy saying oh does God really love me Um, and then, which is a really deadly, dangerous lie that is just totally untrue. Um, But anyway, so you hear that from the enemy, but when you have the truth of the gospel in you, um, like, that lie cannot take hold, because then it's like the enemy makes you think, oh, does God really love me? And you're like, no, I know that God loves me, because Jesus came to die for me. He gave up his own life just because he wanted to have relationship with me. And I know from that, that is how much God loves me. Um, it's already been done. Uh, Jesus has already proven he loves us. So that lie completely gets obliterated by truth for the gospel. Um, just another example, uh, you, might, uh, you might be thinking, oh, I've... Um, look at all the bad stuff I've done. I'm really ashamed um, of what I've done. I'm a really awful person and stuff like that. If only people knew how bad I was, uh, which is once again a lie from the enemy. But that gets destroyed by the truth of the gospel when you realize that actually, no, I know that I am not a disgusting person, but instead, Jesus' blood has washed away all of my sins, and I'm now perfectly spotless. There's nothing getting away um, between me and God, and I have nothing to be ashamed of because of what Jesus has done. So they... (laughs) Those are just two examples of how the truth of the gospel just completely 
destroys the lies of the enemy. So, and so I'm just saying to you all, if you want to be free in your mind, fill your life up with the truth of what Jesus has done for you. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my first point about why the gospel is so powerful. Uh, my second thing about the power of the gospel is the power of go- the gospel to set us free from sin. So, um, so um, the truth, so Paul talks about in Romans 6, he's talking about how without uh, Jesus, we are all slaves to sin. And he talks about the state of being subject to sin in Romans 7, verse 15. He says, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. He's basically trying to make the point that apart from Jesus, we cannot try and get ourselves free from sin when we're trapped in patterns of sin by our own willpower. It's simply impossible. But the truth of the gospel is we don't have to. We don't have to try and free ourselves from sin um, because Jesus has already done it. Um, So we all know that So when Jesus died on the cross, his blood washed away all our sins and removed the presence of sin from our lives. I mean, there's nothing separating uh, between us and God. So that's that's a truth that we all know and is common to talk about and stuff. Jesus removes the presence of sin. But another equally as important part of the gospel of what Jesus did on the cross is he didn't just remove the presence of sin from our lives. He also removed the power of sin over us. like uh, Paul talks about in Romans 6, he's saying, actually, when we put our faith in Jesus, we are no longer slaves to sin, but instead we are dead to sin. And going to verse 18 of Romans 6, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. Paul's saying that the gospel means that sin has no power over us anymore. We have been set free from it and that we are now slaves to righteousness in the same way that we used to be slaves to sin. And I cannot overstate how important this truth is in getting free from patterns of sin that we find ourselves trapped in. Like when we get away from the truth of the gospel um, and we start to think, when we mess up, we start to think, oh no, look what I've done. I'm, 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 a, I'm simply a sinner. Like that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and it completely just negates and denies all that Jesus did for us on the cross. Instead, when we mess up, what we need to do is turn to Jesus and thank him for the truth. The truth that he's removed the presence of sin, so there's nothing separating us, but also the truth that he's removed the power of sin from our lives and that our identity um, now after placing our faith in Jesus is that we are slaves to righteousness and dead to sin. And I can tell you from personal experience, when you've got that truth in you that you are a slave to righteousness, it just becomes so much harder to commit sins. <laughs> um, so point, point number two, 
The gospel is powerful as a weapon for getting free of patterns of sin that you're trapped in. And if you, if you find yourself in that place and you want to be free from it, fill yourself with the truth of the gospel. Fill your mind with the truth that Jesus has set you free from the power of sin. Um, and yeah, Jesus is so good. <laughs> so my uh, third third thing I want to talk about, and it's quite different to the other two points, but I couldn't resist talking about this when talking about the power of the gospel, is the power and importance of the gospel in relation to evangelism. So the gospel provides us with both the reason and motivation for evangelism, and also the method for it. Um, so on the reason and motivation for evangelism, um, the gospel, or what is it? We've already, I've, I've mentioned it in loads of different ways, loads throughout this, but the gospel means that we are saved from eternal judgment in hell, and we are saved from eternal separation from the presence of God. Like, wow. <laughs> but it's also not just that. It's not just the removal of the negatives. It's also the amazing fact that the gospel means that we get welcomed back into relationship with the Father who loves us so much and that the Holy Spirit, who is God, comes to live inside of our hearts. Um, so literally, God could not be closer to us um, and we just get to spend eternity in relationship with God. Now, tell me that's not good. <laughs> Um, but so when when you've fully grasped this truth of how good the gospel is, all Jesus has done for us, like I I honestly do not see how we can bear to keep this into ourselves. Like how can we keep this as our own personal private thing? Um, we can't help but share it with everyone. Um, so and. For anyone here who would love to be passionate about evangelism but isn't currently feeling passionate about it, I say to you, get, get yourself stuck in the truth of the gospel um, and just fill your mind with the goodness of what Jesus has done for you and it will make you want to tell people about it. So then you think, oh, I really want to tell people about Jesus but how do I do it? Well, the gospel is also the answer to that. Um, it seems quite obvious, but <laughs> the gospel is the answer. Um, Romans 1.16, one of the first verses we looked at um, in the reading was, um, it says, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. This is saying the message of what Jesus has done for us, dying on a cross for us, is the power of God that saves people. Basically, if you want to see people turning to Jesus, we need to actually tell them the message of what Jesus has done. <laughs> it seems obvious, but it's true. Like there's this, there's this, um, <laughs> there's this quote which goes, uh, "Preach the gospel at all times, using words if necessary." And I'm telling you what, like that quote, I can understand what the person who made it is trying to say, but it's utterly false, that you can preach the gospel without words. <laughs> I'm not trying to deny the importance of us living uh, faithful lives, uh, showing the evidence of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, of our love and kindness and stuff like that. That is really awesome as pre-evangelism, getting people more open to hearing the gospel from you. But simply being kind to someone isn't going to save them. 
um, isn't going to save their soul. It's the same with apologetics. So I love that, talking about how we can defend our faith and the big philosophical questions. Like, I love talking about it. And it's also great as pre-evangelism, just demolishing any of those uh, sort of mental barriers that can get in the way of someone truly hearing the gospel. But hearing philosophical arguments is also not going to bring people to Jesus because it's the gospel message that is the power of God for salvation. Paul, uh, so Romans 10, Paul specifically addresses this. Uh, Romans 10, 14, he says, but how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And then he hammers this home again, uh, verse 17, saying, so faith comes through what is heard. And what is heard comes through the word of Christ. Basically saying, we need to get out there and tell people the good news. Uh, Tell people about what Jesus has done because faith comes through what is heard. And if they haven't heard the gospel, how are they meant to to respond to it if they've never heard of it? Um, So, And just an example where I've seen this in action in my life. This was only a few weeks ago. At school, um, I'm running an alpha course Monday evenings. On the second session of it, so um, talking about who is the person of Jesus, two of my friends said to me after the session, Finn, I really want to chat more about all of this. Um, So I took them up to my room and we we chatted for like an hour about all sorts of amazing stuff uh, about God and everything, like from miracles and healings to sort of, philosophical things to what are Christian ethics for living our lives and stuff like that and it's awesome like literally that's my favorite thing to talk about but we could have gone on for another four hours and nothing eternal would have happened there but after an hour I interrupted the conversation to tell them the message of Jesus dying on the cross for them and gave them the opportunity to respond. And one of my friends, Santi, he said right there and then, yes, I want to respond to this. I want to become a Christian. (laughs) Is it like, honestly, it was so, so good that happening. It's the first time that's ever happened at school. But the reason why I share that isn't just to talk about, oh, look at my school, it's so good. The re- I'm just using that. I'm trying to use this as like an illustration for if I hadn't shared the gospel with him and given him an opportunity to respond, he wouldn't have become a Christian. But it was only after I did that that he was able to. And just generally, for my interactions with people and my friends at school, people don't actually know the truth of the gospel. as it, People have never heard that actually Jesus wants relationship with us and has died for that purpose. Um, So we need to get out there and share it with people. Um, And so, and the answer to that though, you think, oh, how do I share a good, good gospel message? Um, The answer to that is, like I said for all these other stuff, get the truth of the gospel in your heart, get it active and living in you, and it will become natural. It's like, I don't know, something really good happens to you, like, I don't know, you just have a great time with a friend or something, and then you tell one of your other friends about it. You don't come up with a four-point plan of how to share with your friend what happened the other day. Instead, because you've experienced it, and you saw that 
your time with your friend was good. It was just natural in the conversation to share it. You didn't have to come up with a strategy for it. It's the same with the gospel. If we fill our lives with the truth of the gospel, it's actually telling people the gospel becomes a natural thing. Um, so that's point number three. The gospel is powerful and important for evangelism, both for getting us on fire for it and also for actually enabling us to see people come to know Jesus. We need to fill our lives with the truth of the gospel. So overall, from all of this, if you don't take anything away from it, take away these two points. First of all, the gospel is absolutely amazing. <laughs> second of all, second thing is spend time filling your lives with the truth of the gospel because it changes everything. It is the weapon against the lies of the enemy. It helps us get free from sin. It helps us share our faith and see other people come to salvation. And so, so much more that I don't have time to talk about today um but then you might ask oh but what do do you mean you've said fill your lives with the truth of the gospel what does that actually like how can I do that um so just uh two things um two methods of how you can do that first of all get the word in you um and particularly for this if you want to get the gospel into your heart Romans is such a good book for it. Um, And if you notice in my talk, I quoted a bunch of Bible verses. Every single one of them was from Romans. That was deliberate. (laughs) But honestly, so Romans 1 to 8 gives such a clear, detailed description of how good the gospel is. Um, And honestly, Romans 1 to 8 really changed my Christian walk. So a a couple of years ago, I decided I'm going to read. I want to get this in me. So I read read Romans 1 to 4 once every day for a whole week. And then the second week, read Romans 5 to 8 every day for a week. So over two weeks, read Romans 1 to 8 seven times. And honestly, that changed everything. Um, It changed how I saw everything to do with faith, all the stuff I've shared about. Like that made such a difference in my life of just getting the truth of the gospel in me. And it changed how I just view everything. So read Romans. um, And you can even try the thing that I did if you want to really, really go for it. Um, But the other thing is, don't just leave it in your reading, uh, but turn it into prayer and thanksgiving. Um, Because, yeah, turn it into... So when you're spending time praying with God, take active time to thank him for what Jesus has done for us. um, And just make that a central time of your prayer every single day and see what that does to you. Because prayer is relationship with God. And it is powerful and it changes you. So take the gospel into your prayer uh, as well. So Bible plus prayer or Romans plus prayer. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to wrap up now. um, But just want to say then to you all, fill your life with the gospel. It is so powerful. It is so, so good. um, And it changes everything.